Psalm 78 and 34. Praise God. Everybody's got it. When he slew them, then, everybody say then. Then they saw him. (laughs) And they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock. Amen. Nothing like God jogging your memory. (laughs) And the high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. Or they were just saying some stuff. They wanted to get out of trouble. Ain't this wonderful. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. That means he gave them a little whipping He didn't give them nothing like they could have gotten. For he remembered that they were but flesh. Just humanity. A wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned back and tempted God. And limited. Everybody say they limited. Everybody say it again. They limited. Think about people limiting the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not His hand. Nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. How He had wrought His signs in Egypt. And his wonders in the field of Zoan. That's where all the plagues happened. That's where Moses did all the miracles. The 41st verse one more time. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One. Not the Holy Trinity. (laughs) There's no such thing. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Can I just preach what God laid upon my heart? I want to preach no limits. No limits today, God. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, lift your voice to God. Ask Him to help us in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, could you grab somebody next to you if it's appropriate? Pray with them for one moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You're a miracle-working God. You're a miracle-working God. You're a miracle-working God.
Come on, let the Holy Ghost. Come on, let the Holy Ghost flow through you for a moment. Oh, can you entertain the presence of God? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, in a way of worship now, why don't you clap your hands to Jesus? Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Everybody say, no limits. When I began to read these verses of scripture, uh, and I read that people limited God, it, it caught my attention. Because when I think about how great God is, amen, I, all I could think about was we serve a God who has no limits. Hallelujah. I said he has no limits. Amen. The writer would write in Revelation, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, hallelujah. Come on, why don't everybody shout hallelujah. This is what we're going to do when we get to heaven. We're going to shout hallelujah. Come on, this is the universal praise to a God who has no limits. When you recognize you walked into the presence of the almighty God, you ought to shout hallelujah. They would begin to shout hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Amen. The word omnipotent is from two words. Omni, which means all, and potent, which means power. The Bible said our God is all powerful. Our God is all powerful, which means he has no limits. He would speak in Luke, the first chapter, and say, With God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. When you signed up to live for Jesus, you signed up to live for a God who has no limitations, who has all power, who can do all things. Can I just brag on Jesus for a little while? Jeremiah would say it like this, can any man hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord. The Lord would say, do not I feel heaven and earth? Saying I'm not just omnipotent, but I'm omnipresent. Means I'm all places. You cannot limit where God is. Amen. That's why I've never understood people live one way in church and another way outside of church. Do you think you left God somehow and left his vision and he can't see you no more? Amen. David said, if I go down to hell, if I go down to the bottom of the sea, if I go up to the heavens, there's not a place I can get away from God. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He 
him right now. David would write in Psalms 147 and 5, Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. As opposed to your finite mind, his is infinite, which means you can't put a, a, a formula on it. You can't put a number on it. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen. I'm telling you, when it comes to God and his understanding and his wisdom, amen, there is no limit to what God can do. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the God that said, let there be light and there was How do you do that? You do that when you are a God who has no limits. He tells the oceans, this is your boundary. That's why you shouldn't buy into the hoax. Amen, that Antarctica is thawing out. Amen, global warming, we're all going to drown. No, my God said, I'm going to tell the ocean, uh, the seas, this is your boundary right here. Uh, Don't you go past. How can you do that when you're the God who has no limits? People people wouldn't live in fear if they just got a good understanding of who God really is. Uh, Hey man, you wouldn't be worried to lay your head down at night and sleep like a baby uh, if you knew who God really was. Uh, the Bible says he hung the earth upon nothing. <laughs> How big is the earth? Well, I don't know. This is what Google said it weighs. If you can imagine a 13 and 24 zeros after that. I never even heard of that. They said it was 13.1 septillions. Sounds like a snake or something to me. The Bible said he took those 13 septillions. And he set it upon nothing. And he said, stay right there. Don't get no closer to the sun. And every 24 hours, you make one circle. And every 365 days, you make one big lap around that. Sun, don't you move. Stars, don't you move. How do you do that? I'll tell you how you do it when you're a God who is omnipotent. When you're a God who has no limits. When you're a God who can do anything. Come on. Scripture that always amazed me was that he knows... How many hairs are on your head? 
Praise the Lord. Amen. You're talking about a mathematician. He's always adding and subtracting. Amen. And all that hair comes out on your brush. And all those new hairs come out on that baby's head. He's subtracting over here and he's adding over here. Praise God. How do you keep up with all that? Well, when you're a God who has no limits, you can do all things. Amen. This is the God that we are serving today. We're not bowing down to something created by man's hands, but we are bowing down to a God who stepped down and gathered dust in his hand and began to form a man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. How do you take a piece of dirt praise God and turn it into a human being that can walk and breathe and be productive in society amen this is how you do it you're the God of no limits praise God hallelujah everybody say this is the God that we are serving just come to remind you today if you have a need in this house. <laughs> He's the God <laughs> who has no limits. Praise God. Think about who it was that came dealing with you when you were running. Think about who it really was that came dealing with you when you wasn't living like you should have been living. It was a God who had no limits. And then I began to read the scriptures today. And my, my, my. These scriptures began to tell the story of Israel. The wandering, if I could call them the wandering Israelites. God would begin to correct them. God would punish them when they would do wrong. And all of a sudden, they would remember some things. Amen. And they would return. And they would begin to inquire of the Lord. And it was a pattern. Everybody say a pattern. This is not something that happened one time. Or two times. As a matter of fact, if you read the Old Testament, you're going to be mad at them before you get to the end of it. It was a pattern. Trouble would come, and then they would remember. Oh, yeah. God is my rock. God is my redeemer. Amen. It's amazing what a little trouble can do in somebody's life. Amen. Somebody that feels like, uh, the church ain't what it ought to be or what it used to be or ain't what blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, all God's got to do is tighten the vice down just a little bit. Uh, and all of a sudden, they remember, he's my Oh, yes. 
Hallelujah. They remember I can't do this by myself. Hallelujah. They began to remember God is the one that called me out. Amen. It's that God that hung the earth upon nothing. He's the one that called me one day. The Bible would say, even though they would run back to him, it wasn't like a, a serious confession. Because their mouth and their heart would start saying two different things. Amen. They, 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 their mouth would be saying, God, you're my rock. But in their heart, they weren't being steadfast. Amen. I, I want to tell you, God brings everything to light. Amen. And I, and I hope you understand you're in the church. You don't have to impress anybody. This is not the church where you got to act like you got everything together if you don't or whatever. Amen. This is the spiritual hospital that was designed in the book of Acts for people that were hurting and hungry and troubled and broke and depressed and discouraged. You don't have to walk in this house like a fake. You can be who you are in this building because we're serving a God who has no limits of what he can do. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. Hallelujah. So God would hear them. God would bless them. And then they would begin to drift again. He would correct them again. And they would come running back home. And the Bible said he would be full of compassion. Amen. This don't even register in our mind. That a God who understood that their heart wasn't what their mouth was saying would still be compassionate upon them. I'm glad we're serving that kind of God. Amen. Amen. I, I know there's people struggling. I know some of them really struggling. Amen. But just instead of letting it bother you, like, like I don't know why God would do that. This is what you, this should be your thought process. Hey, God will keep blessing them. If God will keep delivering them. If God will keep having mercy on them. Amen. I know what's going to happen. Amen. If I fall down, that's the same God I'm serving. I'm glad he's not a hard God. Amen. I'm glad he's not just pounced and ready to jump on people with judgment. I'm glad that mercy still rejoices against judgment. I'm glad uh, he's happy when somebody comes back to an altar. Well, don't that irritate you? Don't irritate me. It makes me happy. Because <laughs> my Bible said a righteous man falls seven times. What does he do? He gets right back up. Hey, man, I come to preach to a church. Uh, Amen, if you don't feel like you're where you ought to be in God, uh, it's not the end of the world. If you fail God, it's not the end of the world. Uh, 
just shake yourself and say, hey, I'm going to do better this time. If God be for me, who could be against me? Come on, let's love Jesus right now. So the Bible said that many times, everybody say many times, many times he would turn away his anger. Praise God. Praise God. Boy, that makes me real happy. I said that makes me real happy. Amen. I've done a lot of stuff I shouldn't have done. I made a lot of mistakes I should have known better. But many, many times when I deserved his anger, his nature said, I'm just going to turn my anger away. And I'm going to have mercy one more time. I'm going to have compassion one more time. Hallelujah. The Bible said God would... He would look at him and he would remember praise God when they were doing dumb stuff. He would remember oh they're just flesh. They're like a the Bible describes our life like a vapor. Just a moment it's here and then it's gone. He described it in this as the wind that passes by and you never It never comes back again. And God would just have mercy. Amen. I'm thankful for mercy today. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the Bible also says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. Praise God. Amen. You you know what learning means? It's what these kids are going to start doing in about uh, 10 days or so. Amen. Two weeks or so. I don't know. Not long. They're going to start learning some stuff. And if they don't, I'm going to paddle all of them. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> See the fear of God on them. The Bible said the Old Testament was written for our learning. Why do you learn stuff? A lot of learning is so you don't make mistakes. A lot of learning is so you can get past where you would be in life without an education. Amen. I I believe in education. One amen. It was the principal. Well, hallelujah. I said, I believe in education. I believe in kicking the covers off and getting out of bed and making yourself go do something. Uh, When you combine a spirit that's not lazy, God hates slothfulness. God is not lazy. I said, God is not. You better hope he don't get lazy. God is not lazy. 
God don't want his people to be lazy. God don't want these young people to be lazy. He don't want young ladies to be lazy. Young men to be lazy. Laziness is a sin. You're not right with God when you're lazy. But anyway, I didn't come to preach about laziness, but he said this Old Testament was written for our learning. What, what, what God's plan was that we could read it and think, uh-oh, that's what happens when you turn from God. I, I was so blessed to have an older brother. Amen. Praise God. Bless Sonny, Lord. And uh, he was just far enough ahead of me that it, it taught me so many things. Four years don't sound like very long when you're 50, but when you're seven, four years is a long time. When you're 10 and you're 15, four years is a long time. And, and I watched him do some stuff. Like my mama had bought him some of those Grizzly Adams boots one time. And he said, watch this. And he started climbing up this tree real fast. And he, <laughs> So I started climbing up. This was, uh, I don't know, 82 foot tall tree maybe hundred it was way up there and all of a sudden I begin to hear something like when I look Sonny was coming down and I just held on to the tree and he went right past me and fell on his and I thought you know what when I climb a tree I'm going to hold on tight. <laughs> Praise God. Well, <laughs> and one day we lived in a house where we had a hallway, and at the end of the hallway was a glass window. And he said, watch this. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Boom, right through it. And he was cut up and he was bloody. And I thought, I'm never going to run through a window. I'm glad he's not here because y'all don't tell him what I said. We was at my uncle's house one day, Rayburn. And Rayburn was sitting in a chair and he said, Sonny, I bet you can't run through that wall. You just had to know him. It was that something in him. I remember. He just took off running. Smack. And this is real. I don't know if you've ever seen a display of this. And I thought, I am never... Gonna run face first into a wall. Praise God. 
I could go on and on. Got ran over by a car one time. Jumped off the house with a trash bag thinking it was a parachute. I remember thinking, a trash bag is not an umbrella. I don't know if I was high IQ or what I was, but there was something that happened before me, and I, and I looked at it, and I watched it. Uh, and one day, he, he bowed up on my daddy. Praise God. My daddy was, he was built like Brother Brooks. He was just about just like Brother Brooks, Brother Moses. He was a golden gloves boxer. My brother was about this big around. He didn't like something. He bowed up on my dad one day. My dad grabbed him by the shirt and picked him up and set him against the cabinets kind of swift. My mama said, Johnny, Johnny, let And I'm over in the corner thinking, I don't think I ever want to get any of my daddy. So I always grew up teaching my boys, you'll never be able to whoop your daddy. You'd be smart to just say, yes, sir, and go do your thing. Uh, amen. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to say all that, but he should have been here. I learned some things that were written before I ever got there. There may be a reason I've never broke a bone. I don't think I've ever had a stitch. Boy, what a thought. I've never been in the emergency room. I may go today, I don't know, but it won't be Sonny's fault. If I go, it'll be an accident. It ain't going to be because I jump off the roof. (laughs) Think about God writing an Old Testament. Every mistake they made, every dumb thing they did, every whipping they got, every time they went into captivity. What's the purpose Why is it so long and all that stuff? Let me tell you why. God said, I want you to read it. And I want you to learn something. So you don't get the same whippings. You're talking about a loving God. Hallelujah. So this is what I learned from the Old Testament. I've read it. I don't know how many times. 20, 30. I don't know how many times I've read it. But this is what I learned. If I could sum it up. Decisions have consequences. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost backing me up. I don't know if anybody else is going to. But I've read it over and over again. I keep coming to the same conclusion. Uh, Decisions have consequences. Uh, And if you're going to make the wrong decisions, uh, you're going to have to be a big boy and learn how to deal with it. 
so this is the effect of the pattern everybody say the effect of the pattern their pattern where God would bless them they would drip they would get a whooping they would run back they would be blessed they would drip and this is the effect of the pattern is that they limited the Holy One of Israel. What God could have done with Israel, the God who told the earth, stay where you're at. His nature would not allow him to do all the things he wanted to do because of Israel. Some of it was their actions that limited him and some of it was their inactions that limited him. The Bible said they turned back and tempted God. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Amen. The turning. Everybody say the turning. The tempting of God. It goes hand in hand with forgetting where he brought you from. How he brought you out. The miracle that took place when you walked in a sinner. And you walked out full of the Holy Ghost. Was the greatest miracle you'll ever see. Amen. Can I say it like this? When God parted the Red Sea and allowed you to come out of slavery and walk to the promised land, that was the greatest miracle you'll ever see. And the Bible said God was limited because they forgot where they came from. Tell you when you forget what God brought you out of. When you forget where you were when God brought you out, it'll turn you from someone who has a spirit of thanksgiving into somebody who has a spirit of entitlement. may tighten up for a while. Amen. When you forget where you were, that makes you lose your thanksgiving and you become an entitled Christian. God, you owe me this. God, you owe me that. You need to do this for me. When God's saying, if you would remember where you were in Egypt, it would change your attitude. Uh, it would change your mind. I'm going to help somebody before I leave today. Uh, it would change your mindset uh, of how you live for God. Nobody who ever lived a life of thanksgiving ever backslid. Nobody who lived in a pattern of thanksgiving ever backed up on God and backslid. 
because it's fresh in their mind every day. Amen. I know who I am. Amen. I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, everybody's got something they will become when they backslide. Amen. I know what I would become if I backslid. Amen. There's people in the church, I know what they would become if they backslid. Amen. But I'm not planning on it. I'm always going to remember that's what God brought me out of. That's who I was. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. Come on, why don't you love him right now? The key is that you will never forget. See, a good memory will humble you. Hallelujah. It's amazing how people get in church and they live for God for a while and then all of a sudden they get this cynical spirit like this critical, critical of everybody and critical of everything and critical of the music and the preaching and the people and I thought, where was that? The day you were desperate for God to turn your life around. It didn't exist. Praise God. That's a, hallelujah. Praise God. God help me to preach this the way you want to preach. Hallelujah. This is a way the Bible teaches us to keep from forgetting where God brought you from. Bible in Psalms 100th chapter would say, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. This word enter, everybody say enter. It describes the beginning, the origin, the beginning of your prayer needs to be thank you, Jesus. When you walk through the door, it don't need to be, my Lord. Can't find a seat. My Lord, it sure is cold in here. My Lord, it sure is hot in here. My Lord, where did she get them high heels from? My Lord, whose perfume is that? See, you can get your mind on a whole lot of things. But if you do, you'll forget where God brought you from. The beginning, the entering of his gates needs to be, Thank you, Jesus. You've been good to me. Come on, if you're thankful for the mercy of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody said, how how do I pray? I'll tell you how to pray. Just start thanking God. There's days I start praying. I think, man, I can't hardly feel nothing. I wonder if there's something in my life. Am I doing something wrong? I'm not 
feeling God, then I begin to think about, oh my Lord, what are you saying? You're talking like a hag. God. When you need to walk in saying, I have nothing but praise for you, Lord. I have nothing but praise for you. Come on, when I think about, when I think about how you brought me out of a miry clay, how you set my feet on a rock to stay, and I get up and I begin to praise God. Then I begin to feel God. And I think, oh, hey, he's still there. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Amen. The beginning of our prayer. Always. Everybody say always. always. You always enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Don't ever walk in griping about things in your life. How would you like somebody walking in your house griping all the time? Well, I kind of quiet all of a sudden. Let me need to hang out there a while. He would wear on you. Amen. Praise God. What about walking in saying something nice? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Oh, them beans smell good, honey. Praise God. Amen. You could change everything in your life. What comes out of your mouth, you'll change your walk with God. When you begin to evaluate what comes out of your mouth... Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Say, well, yeah, yeah, that's you saying it. Amen. But I, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a mess right now, and I lost my job, and I, and whatever, and people are mad at me. Amen. And guess what? I've lost my job before. Amen. I've been broke before. Maybe again. Amen. I loved God when I was broke. I loved God when I had money full, pocket full of money. I I loved God everywhere in between. It didn't affect how I felt about God. I don't praise God because I feel good or because I got everything. I praise God because He's God. I praise Him because His Word said, Enter in with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come on, let's love him right now. Praise God, I'm so glad they didn't sing a long time today. It was sure good, but amen, praise God. The beginning of your day should be praise. We're not in the Old Testament where we got to go to the temple and amen, enter in and bring up the bullock with us and a dove in this pocket. Amen. We are the temple. So when you wake up every day, you're entering into his gates 
When you come into consciousness, uh, you woke up in the presence of God. Uh, you ought to start. Thank you for this day, God. Thank you for giving me breath in my lungs. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad. I love everybody. Everybody loves me. Don't tell me anything different. So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving will keep you from forgetting. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving will keep you from forgetting. Do you know what all them holidays were in the Old Testament? It wasn't so they could have a party. It's so they would come together and remember God did something for us. This harvest, God did it for us. This Passover, God brought us up out of Egypt. It wasn't about them. It was about him. Amen. And when you wake up, it's a... I have a holiday every day. I wake up. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. You've been good to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people... Oh, Lord, I got to start here. Some people will say, don't, you don't ever want to think about uh, what you came out of. And you, it's gone into the sea never to be remembered again. Let me tell you something. The reason that scripture's there, that one's for the devil. <laughs> when he tells you what you used to be, <laughs> you tell him, that's what I was. <laughs> but that's in the sea. Amen. But for you, your past shouldn't be something that drags you down. Your past should be the focus of your thanksgiving unto God. God got mad when they forgot. He brought them out of Egypt. Amen. They started playing with the old gods. And Praise God. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they do it? They forgot about everything God had done for them. And they started playing with everything they shouldn't have been playing with. And they limited God. Amen. God sends us messages all the time. Amen, but this may be strange to you, but it ain't to me. I want this church to send a message to God today. (laughs) He's always bringing us words and things and speaking to us and the preaching and his word. He's always giving us stuff. What if we send him a message today? God... In my life, there's going to be no limits. God, in my life, I'm not going to limit what you can do. 
I don't want you, I don't want me to be the people that they said, wow, they had a lot of potential. Kind of tighten it up. But I want this to be the church. Where they say, my, my, my. God has used those people in a mighty way. The God who has no limits can be limited by his people. Here's the guy, that's how I feel. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Does anybody in this house want to be everything that God wants them to be? If you do, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, we're about to send God a message right now. Come on, lift up your voice and tell him. I'm not going to be like them, God. Come on, talk to him for a moment, son. We're not perfect. Come on, tell him I'm not perfect. But if I fall, I'm going to get back up. Come on, we're sending him a message today. There won't be any limits in my life. when we have no faith how could God do a miracle when we don't have faith to receive a miracle we limit him when we turn back from the path that he put us on we limit him when we lose our thanksgiving we limit him when we lose our prayer life he been on fire for God one week and Casper the ghost the next week. We limit God of what he can do. It's not about one service. It's not about one breakthrough. It's about a lifetime. We limit him when we're not consistent. We limit him when we lose our worship. 
We limit him when we lose our focus. Our focus. I know the pull of the world is so strong. Needing to provide and do all these things. I'm telling you, this Bible's still right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that you think you need. All these things to be added. And we limit God when we lose our focus. We limit God when we begin to major on minor things. I said we limit God when we put so much focus on little things that don't amount to a hill of beans. We limit God when we're obsessed with pettiness. We're obsessed with little things that don't matter. Brother Brother Booker tells a story about a woman who by herself, I don't know if her husband passed away, left, what it was, but she raised 12 children all by herself. Every one of them, uh, as they grew up, became functioning members of society. None of them went to jail. None of them went to prison. None of them got on drugs. They all got married. They all had kids. They all had jobs. They all promoted society. And somebody said, how did you do that? She said, you got to learn what to focus on and what to ignore. Come on, if you want God to do everything he wants to do in your life, uh, you're going to have to learn what to pay attention to and what to ignore. Uh, Ignore the gossip hall. Ignore the Facebook post. uh, And get a hold of the horns of the altar. Uh, Do what's right. Uh, Things that are lovely. uh, Things that are true. uh, Things that are honest. uh, Pay attention to those. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. We limit God when we cannot be led. Tighten up. It's all right. We limit what God could do in our life when we can't be led. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you're saying that because you pastored the church. No, I'm saying that because the Bible said that. I'm saying that uh, because I got a pastor. uh, And many, many times... uh, I had my whole life figured out. Because I'm so high IQ. And I'd sit down and I'd tell him everything I was going to do. And he would say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then you get to choose. Am I going to lead myself? 
Am I going to be my own spiritual leader? Or is my pastor going to be my spiritual And I thought, I lived 27 years of my life leading myself. And I made a complete idiot of myself and my family and my life. Why not just let him lead me? If nothing else, I'd have somebody else to blame. And I said, all right. If that's what you think, uh, praise God, I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying I didn't walk out like this a few times. You know, I thought, everything I want to do, (laughs) he don't want me to. I had this brilliant business idea one time. But the problem was I already had this other stuff. And I was running an insurance agency and selling land and building houses. But I had this other thing that was so, my Lord, I was going to be a billionaire. I was going to pay off his church. And he said, why don't you just focus on one thing? Just get real good at one thing. You're going against everything that he said, just that's what I would do. And I'm not giving anybody advice. I'm just telling you what my pastor told me. He said, if you just kind of focus on that, on that one thing. Praise God. You know what I did? I started focusing. You know what God did? Not, I probably didn't get him better at it. But because I was obedient, God started blessing me. Praise God. You know what I started saying then, God? Whatever you tell him to tell me, I'm going to do it. See, this goes against the flesh. This goes, how do I know? Because I'm a moat and half Eddie. 23 chromosomes from each. It's trouble. It takes a lot of prayer. I discovered, you know what? I'm going to limit what God could do in my life. Praise God. I think, do you? He said, I know my thoughts that I think towards you. I'm telling you, what God thinks towards you is way bigger than what you think towards you. It's way better than what you can think. And so if you just let God do it, and you get all the stuff loose from you that would limit him. Those race car drivers on them big old long tracks, <laughs> they make them put a metal plate over the carburetor and drill a few holes in it because they don't want so too much gas pouring in there because they're so powerful that they... They'll go airborne. So they put a restrictor plate on those cars to keep them from going too fast. (laughs) Praise God. Don't you know what would happen in your life? Don't you know the devil knows what would happen in your life? If everything that restricted the power was pulled away from you, 
Don't you know the devil knows that if you cast away every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset you and you begin to run this race, don't you know you would pull the limits off what God could do in your life? I'm telling you exponentially, God... There's more anointing than you could ever imagine uh, that God can put on you uh, if you would take the limits off. So many things. Uh, It's 12.02, my goodness. (laughs) Can I have four minutes? Three. Saul, Saul, don't you know? Think about what God could have done in your life if you wouldn't have got a burr under your saddle about a little boy named David. I know he's anointed, but so are you. Can you imagine one anointed person Wanting to kill another anointed person. Saul, you're going to limit everything God could have done in the kingdom. Saul, when you should have had victory, uh, the Philistines are going to overtake you. uh, Because you've limited what God could do. I want you to go, the Amalekites, I want you to take everything. Man, woman, child, sheep, goats, oxen, kill it all. Why? Because they were an enemy of the people of God when they were coming out of Egypt. Well, I think I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. You begin to reason in your mind. Why, why would Samuel want me to kill these beautiful sheep? These are beautiful. They could be used as a sacrifice unto God. We could have an enormous sacrifice, Samuel. Samuel said, you, don't you know? Obedience. I don't care about your big sacrifice. God wanted you to obey Him. Well, look what I could do if I could just do it my way. Yeah, you do it your way. And God will take your anointing. And He'll pick it up. And He'll find somebody after His own heart. Somebody that'll listen. And he'll put it on them. Saul, you restricted God. Saddest story. Begin to pray, Lord. Don't let me get in the way. That's why I'm more... I got my mind made up. I'm going to pray more. 
than I've ever prayed. Because there's ways that seem right unto a man. There's things that just seem right if you reason long enough. At the end thereof is sin, is death. Amen. But God, if you'll, if you'll help me. If I'll get into that broken place. <laughs> the Bible said a broken and a contrite spirit. He will not despise or he will not refuse. He will not reject. Man, you want to take the limits off of God. You want to untie God's hands in your life. You really want to loose him where he could fulfill everything? Skit like David. Come, man, after God's own heart. God. God, I'm the man. God, help me become broken like David. You know, whenever every time David would go back to him, he did, you, you, everybody knows his story. It's for our learning. He'd done some idiotic things, but every time, even when the preacher came and said, You're the man. He could have killed that preacher. And he went and got in some sackcloth. What did he do? He humbled himself. Got on his face. God, I don't want to limit what you want to do in my life. God, I don't want to limit what you want to do in this ministry. God, I don't want to limit what you want to do in this city. God, in every end of I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Speaking to people in this place right now. Amen. I, Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord together? I, I'm going to quit. I feel like God's about to do something. Ha 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 Come on, let's turn it into a prayer room for just a few minutes. Come on, somebody. Come on, why don't you untie his hands right now? Let's turn it into a prayer room. Stand together and lift your hands to the Lord. I want every person in this house with an honest heart. Come on, don't. 
Don't confuse your own self. With an open mind, open heart. Say, God, if there's anything in my life that would limit what you want to do, change me, God. Search me today. Come on. There's so much potential. The kingdom of God needs people. The kingdom of God. God is looking what could he have done more